Doug didn't dig shit. Doug saw nothing. Doug refused to even acknowledge it existed, let alone that it could be Doug. Are you, are you, are you ready? Funny. Expensive. Wanna Whatever. Be happy. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Funny Papers, a show where three 30-somethings share a collective psychosis about the classic 90s cartoon show, Doug. I'm Mike, and with me are my friend Sam. Editor's note, Sam's intros here had to be cut due to what he is calling a heated podcasting moment. Sam regrets his actions and will strive to do better in the future. Thank you. (laughs) And Jim. For ten years you've been asking, who is Doug Funny? I am Doug Funny. I am the man who does not sacrifice his love, his life, his values, or anything that would make him an interesting character whatsoever. Doug's here? (laughs) Doug's here. Yeah, sure, why not? (laughs) It's me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Today, we cover episode 5, part 1 of Doug. In all episodes after the first, Doug was separated into two 12-minute shorts. Episode 5, part 1's title is Doug Can't Dig It. Uh, so this episode begins with... Dear Journal, me again, Doug. Sorry I didn't write yesterday. I was too busy having a nervous breakdown. No, Doug apologizes to his his journal for his mental illness. That's how it begins. I was like, "Sorry, journal." There's a couple. <laughs> My of brain's broke. This one. Just okay. Wait. If Doug apologizes to his journal every time he has a nervous breakdown about something that does not matter, Sam, you commented once upon a time that uh, just flipping through this guy's journal would just teach you a lesson about respecting other people's privacy just oh no had another nervous breakdown yep had another nervous breakdown yep had another nervous breakdown sorry 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 this is all work and no play makes jack a dull boy except for you know without a cool ending this is how my brain works but don't write it down that's making me normal (laughs) don't leave behind evidence I don't I don't think it's like wild to write sorry like that was that was kind of a thing that a it's lot not of wild it's funny time. to me yes <laughs> right um because like when I tried journaling at this age for like a whole like three days before getting bored of it yeah, um, I would write too. that kind of thing yeah like I would write sorry journal like be, I don't know it's gonna be great when he hits puberty and starts apologizing to his journal for like jacking off <laughs> That's exactly what, you know what that kind of, like it's exactly what a like suburban Christian family like son would do. It's just like sorry, I pounded off again. Sorry, I pounded off again. It's okay, Doug. <laughs> You're not a dull boy now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, but so first line done. <laughs> so he, he apologizes to a journal, and then Judy busts in. Uh, this is an episode where. It's all about Judy. And this is cool. It kind of like brings us into learning more about Doug's family rather than just watching Doug get bullied the whole time. Well, um, he still that, gets bullied a lot yeah. in this episode. Right. We learn more That's, about Doug's family this, and we watch Doug get bullied. Great the combination. Episode, the episode starts with Judy doing the classic older sibling troll where you just poke them until they get pissed off. And then Doug immediately tattles on Judy. Um, judy's doing the thing again well specifically it's judy's doing that bullfighter thing again where judy is dressed as a bullfighter poking doug with a sword and saying i know something you don't know which is like i i mean i guess that's like a standard kind of sibling thing it's just kind of like giving you shit yeah 
but yeah so we learn that i like doug's just like huh that's weird right uh and he says to pork chop i'm sometimes i'm glad that judy goes to a different school than us which like we'd we'd kind of known that judy went to a separate school because she's older and such but here's where we learn that she goes to like a special theater school right yeah okay i want to drill down on this because like i don't know the ways of suburban school districts but in my hometown in the middle of nowhere the only reason for one kid to be in public school and the other kid to be in private school was for the kid who's now in private school to have been caught with weed or something, expelled, and then picked up by a private school by the parents. Like, there was a crack about the local Lutheran school being where you went once you'd gotten caught doing something horrible. Like, either Judy got up to some shit, or Doug's parents have long since given up on him having any prospects at all. Which, I mean, is justifiable, but still, Christ, Mr. Funny. In my middle-of-the-nowhere school, when you got caught with weed, you would just get sent to kid jail, which was alternative school. For me, private school was where all the rich kids went. Oh, right. I always just assumed that, like, the the parents had more hopes for Judy, and they were just like, yeah, I bet bet she could succeed in something she's interested in. I bet she should succeed, so I'm sending her to art middle school. Well, no, she's in high school. Art, she's in high school. She's so in much school, better. I think. I think she's in middle school. No, I looked it up. She's oh, in high school. Because wow. <laughs> I was curious about that too. Like, what is their age difference? Because that's never really explicitly stated. But she's so she goes to special art high school, which is you know that's that's cool, right? I mean, I, I I'm glad that she is. I'm glad that she gets to do something she loves. Uh, I hope that Doug finds a. Uh, writing in your journal in panicking high school yeah it's <laughs> his favorite but uh who knows so we we then cut to doug in class and the teacher is saying that tomorrow there will be a special assembly which will be introduced by doug right and this is the first that he's heard of it doesn't yeah. even ask doesn't even ask doug just like you're doing this bitch right you have to do this and they don't tell him really anything about it right at the beginning they're yeah. just like yeah you're gonna do this the public announcement that congratulations you'll be leading the school in an assembly and under normal circumstances this is the kind of thing that doug would freak the fuck out about right but here he doesn't here doug in a very like change of character and also like weird thing in general in humanity doug is like looking forward to this immediately he's like oh my god i'll be the master of ceremonies i'll tell all these amazing jokes he has a fantasy where he's like in a tuxedo like doing a stand-up bit. yeah he does yeah. the most terrifying thing like anyone in anxiety can do is do stand-up comedy in front of children right like there's like studies that show that uh people fear public speaking over death right yep. and like oh by and large and so doug the person who's afraid of most things is like looking forward to and excited about public speaking yep also Not just public I, speaking stand-up comedy yeah <laughs> right? i will be fair he does actually have an all right joke bring the number of all right jokes in doug from one to two like there's that something about uh well Glad to be here in front of you. Of course, I'd rather be anywhere other than math class. <laughs> Actual entertainment. Good job. Right. And people like laugh at it. I, I, we've commented a bunch how like there's very little laughing at the show except for uh, 
at Doug. In, like at Doug, exactly. <laughs> uh, but in this, they're laughing with him. Yeah. He's like telling a joke. But then Doug like laughs at his own joke, and it's like the kind of laugh that you would do to him, like mock somebody that said something unfunny. He goes like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yes, it's, but it's seriously, three folks. I also, three like, ha's with spaces. My, my broke brain just imagined Doug walking on stage and doing the Chris Rock bit about the two kinds of black people. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh no <laughs> Doug's bid to get into Judy's art school Going well Doug becomes maybe, Michael maybe Richards Doug, for If Doug does that, Doug will get sent to a different special school <laughs> Yeah <laughs> The real comedy school Prison right. <laughs> Oh man But yeah, so this is all happening in Doug's uh, fantasy mind. Uh, and then we snap back to the class and Doug's like in the same pose that he was when he was doing the stand-up bit. So like, I assume maybe he was like doing the motions of speaking and saying, I assume he wasn't literally saying the jokes well, in the real world. his classmates were looking at him like he was saying something out loud. They had like shocked expressions on their faces. Yeah. So I just imagined him saying that while like his teacher is just like, Doug, you gotta listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like BB was like scowling at it. Right. <laughs> it's awesome. I will be unreally fair to the TV show Doug and say that, well, they did just say that Doug is going to be presenting the thing. And so the class turning to look at Doug is not completely out of the question. That right, said, I have course. no question believing that Doug has been invested with the power of the spirits and is acting out their dictates. And just the class <laughs> looking, ah, Christ, here he goes again. <laughs> Not again. So I, I wonder how much time passed in that imagination if, like, he was just standing in that pose waiting for more information for, like, 20 seconds. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but... So then the teacher goes on. Uh, the teacher's name is Mrs. Wingo, by the way. Um, Wingo goes on and says, don't you want to know, like, what you're pretending? And Doug's like, oh. No! <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think about that, right? Um, but <laughs> what, he sa- uh, what she says is that he will be introducing a very special performer, his sister, who goes to special performance school. And then Doug has another fantasy about what that would be like. <laughs> and it's awesome. <laughs> yes. So she's a, I mentioned this in the first episode, but Judy's a beatnik. And like, I don't understand why she's a beatnik. Because usually when you make references like this, you make references that the parents would get that are watching the, sh- the show. But beatniks are, would be too old for the parents watching this in 1990. Yeah. Beatniks were a thing in the late 40s and some 50s. of the 50s. They got absorbed into hippies in the 60s. So, like, it would make sense to have hippies on yeah. there, but she's a beatnik. Yeah. This show is being made in 1991. This is a stereotype people knew and or cared about 40 or 50 years ago. For perspective, you are illustrious viewers, some of which I've been told are Gen Z. This would be like if a TV show today decided to just go all fucking in on how embarrassing Ross Perot is, or the original punks were. This is content that was strip-mined of all available takes 30 fucking years ago, and towards the tail end of that, if you were, say, the South Park guys going on about how weird hippies are, there's kind of, you're gonna get a couple of weird eyes like, dude, you do get that this was old in your parents' day, right? 
Well, let's 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 say this real quick. When we say that she's a beatnik, the way the way that we're kind of inferring this is that she wears uh black tights. This is Judy. Yeah. Judy wears black tights with a purple dress, a purple beret, and sunglasses at all times. And she has kind of like a shaved uh side of her head haircut, right? Like something that's kind of popular in today's culture. Um but so this is and she like is often doing theater things uh, and like plays bongos in a couple episodes. That's why we were like kind of making this beatnik comparison. Okay. Um, what since you guys like know a lot more about beatnik culture than I do. Do you want to like go in on what what that is? Like why? So be- why this is. A yeah. Thing? Beatniks were the first modern example of like hipsters. Right. So. They were like it's. They're known. They're called beatniks because they did what's called beat poetry, which is what Judy does, like to embarrass Doug. And then Nick was a reference to Sputnik because everybody thought they were communists. And you don't see any of the politics in Judy. You just see the <laughs> yeah, affectations of it. Like one of the wow. other factors. Like it was one of your early counterculture. Anytime you've seen a reference to just weird spoken word poetry, people snapping as instead of applauding people in like french berets and smoking cigarettes with thin mustaches being all artsy that was very much the beatnik aesthetic and again this was a we- a wellspring of content that had run completely fucking dry by 1970 easily like yeah. the beatniks had stopped being a thing by about 1961 and you still, because, of course, people who are coming up through the age still knew that, that was a reference people would get. But this is somebody deciding that, hell yeah, I'm going to really, f- I'm going to show those people who were teens while my parents were fucking that they weren't actually cool. No, oh my god, I just got it. It's because it has beats in the name. Nice! <laughs> and the show was nice! on Nick. And the yes! show was on Nick. <laughs> I just yeah, I didn't realize. I'm sad. I'm very sad now. (laughs) That's what it was, right? Like, yeah, they probably were just in the. They were probably Uh, just in the writers' room. Like, they they know that they want to make the show a lot about beats, and they're just like, "What is the thing that is with beats? Beat poetry." Uh, There we go. go. This show is so clever. I'm so happy right now. (laughs) This is my thesis. <laughs> God. Bleak. Oh, no. Anyway, uh, yeah. speaking of That's what it is. horrible, bleak nonsense, we have uh, Judy's deep poetry. Awesome. Consists, it's absolutely yeah. fantastic. It consists of her saying a couple of bits of weird gibberish while playing the bongos and being silent in between. And no, then, I wrote down what she says. <laughs> oh, you wrote it down? <laughs> it's uh, it's. I had to listen to it like four times because the audio was like hard to hear on a couple of them. And it's pretty, it's like kind of good. Yeah, you well, know? the part where so, she just venomously spits, Doug loves Patty. <laughs> well, that's so at the end. That rule. So, actually, let's, 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 the first time I genuinely laughed at Doug since we started watching <laughs> it. Yeah, since I, we started doing this podcast. Let's let's walk through exactly what happens in this scene because we have to paint the whole picture, right? Uh, in this, in this, this is in Doug's fantasy of what he thinks Judy's going to do. Uh, they're in the class auditorium, and Judy's on stage by herself, 
sitting uh, cross-legged playing the bongos with a bunch of pictures of herself behind her in like various dramatic poses, right? And she's playing the bongos and she says, my soul throbs. I am your washing machine. Same. Red towel. Pink underwear. And then everyone boos. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. And what it's awesome. Far. It's like, like, oh, and, and when she's doing the beginning, everyone's gasping, right? So they're gasping and she says, like, my soul throbs. Everyone gasps. And then at the end, everyone boos and she bows, which to me is the perfect performance <laughs> of like, like, it's very Doug stand up side. If you're oh, wondering definitely. what the aesthetic like, we're going for with this podcast is, dear yeah. viewer. It's like it's the Tim, like it's the Tim and Eric thing where they want half the audience to be into it and half the audience to just totally hate it, yeah. right? And that's what's going on in this. And so I would say that Judy is a successful performer, right? Um, but so at the end of this, as everyone's booing, the curtain closes behind her. She bows deeply, then looks up, snarling directly at Doug, and says, "Doug loves Patty." As like a like a, a picture of Doug and Patty in a heart falls behind her, and uh, and Doug gets all nervous, and Patty's just like staring forward. <laughs> Also, she's she's gasping, but she's not like reacting to Duck at all. She's just staring a thousand. Yeah, they're sitting next to each other (laughs) in the fantasy. One thing I want to note here is that at no point does Doug ever fantasize about his sister like doing a good performance. No, no. Or does he ever? She just eats shit every time. (laughs) He also like doesn't talk to her yeah it doesn't believe his sister at all because it's like no not at all it's sort of i sort of think this goes back back to the politics of the show it's because oh look at these like you can't take these weird art people seriously yeah at least inherently like they have to prove themselves before uh you can take them seriously we'll get we'll get into that in a second because it's very funny the way like she proves herself in the context of like how they write the show yeah but yeah so so he's he snaps back to reality. Is there anything else we've got in that? In that, because uh, there's a lot going on in that fantasy. There's a lot going on there, but I feel like the deep dive into Doug's psychology of his confidence, his older sister can only embarrass him, only shows that she's doing a very good job as an older sibling in guaranteeing her younger siblings live in terror and fear. <laughs> right, she's fulfilling her destiny. Yeah, yeah. So we snap back and. Is this, I think they just like are at the Honker Burger now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Ske- we just kind of like zoom to the Honker Burger. Yeah. And, and really uh, quick, Skeeter and Doug are sitting right next to each other in a booth. <laughs> just yep. like there's right nobody, across there's there. nobody in front of them. I'm, I just like paused and I was like, why? There's no, there's not even like helpfully, like you can animate that. It's yeah. not even helpful for animation. It's just insane. Yeah, but I just want to hold hands. Go man. on. <laughs> The blocking on that, like, I think part of the reason they have that set up is so the blocking of the forthcoming scene makes sense. But even so, it's a, well, this is just two guys being dudes. It's also so you don't have to uh, animate them in a profile. Yeah, yeah. So you can, like, see their faces react better when you're straight on. And you don't want to animate Doug in profile because the schnoz does not play well in profile. Let's just assume that the other uh, side of the booth, Porkchop was just lounging in it, or they just have, like, inflatable blowups of themselves on the other side. <laughs> I feel like that's the least insane way we can take this. So, yes. Right, right. Cool. Uh, so, Judy, while they're, while they're talking, uh, and Doug's expressing about how he, like, doesn't 
want this to happen, Judy and her friends bust into the Honker Burger like in song, right? <laughs> they're they're like going for it, and they go to order, and they're allowed to order normally. Yeah, like, the Honker Burger. Well, they are that. they are speaking in the score to classical music way. I don't know enough about classical music to know what they were doing their little order to. But they are ordering this in a bizarre way without using the code names. And Judy even manhandles the cashier while they're doing it. <laughs> this tells us that Judy is in on whatever the Honker Burger cults <laughs> thing is. None of this they fucking also... code word shit for me, fucking burger seller. Give me your strongest burgers. I'm going into <laughs> battle. Thanks, chocolate Here and toast. Please, 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 please don't be hasty. Ketchup, mustard, mayo, lettuce. Just make sure you don't forget us. I'm pretty sure she also doesn't order any burgers. They order like shakes, fries, and like pickles and mayo. Right. Yeah. So one thing I noticed here, like she busts in with a group of beatniks. So one, this isn't just like limited to Judy. Another thing this made me realize is there's no real like subcultures in Bluffington other than like Judy and her actor friends. You don't really have jocks other than Chalky. Chalky hasn't been like introduced yet, really. And you have the Sleeches later who are nerds. But like other than that, it's just you're you're. It's just the entire town is Dugs. Yep. There are, yeah, I, well, well, again, we well, kind of touched on this greases. previously with uh, the revelation that Roger is the amalgamation of anyone who ever made Doug feel bad. So, of course, there's right. no subcultures. Roger right. is all cultures and Patty is all cultures. All and things are thing, funneled through Doug. One thing to note about the Beatniks is that they were largely middle to upper class white people who did like poverty tourism, yeah. which is like indirectly a very good like <laughs> like mirror for the show Doug. Yes. Wait, what do you mean by that? They would just like go and pretend to be. They would pretend like, to be rich? something. Well, not pretend to be something they're not. They didn't have like any real like lower class like persecution or any experience of actual. Um, well, I said I take that back. One of William Burroughs was actually like gay and he wrote a book called Queer back when it was a um, slur. But they didn't. Ha they like what they would do is they would, since they were largely middle class, they would go hang out with. Um, actual criminals and stuff and they didn't need to do that they just but they did it because they thought it would make them like more authentic which is you know sure. it's own little bit of uh problematic just a little <laughs> bit yeah i think there's a just anytime somebody tells you that uh ah damn kids these days it's all just a phase they're going through they're just trying to uh look cool yeah well uh, don't tell anybody that's been going on for literally ever Sure. And they don't have any of the like politics here. It's just they're yeah. weird. Yeah, so just... um the other thing the other thing I'd like to point out really quick about William Burroughs is that he shot his wife. <laughs> just a little aside. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. This wait, this is a, a big beat guy, beatnik. yeah. Yeah. Okay. He did naked launch and like I said in the book Queer. He's very famous gotcha. for being uh, addicted to heroin. Obviously none of this comes up in a children's cartoon show, but it's very good to like <laughs> think about like they just were like, well, we want the Beatniks, but we don't want to do any of that stuff that made them like no notable. Yeah. Much <laughs> like we grabbed the, uh, yeah, we just grabbed a bunch of the aesthetics of classic rock and just don't think about why these super big rock stars are coming to the Honker Burger in the middle of the night to order four milkshakes. 
<laughs> right. Well, I assume that uh, as Judy and her beatnik friends arrive at the Honkerburger to order shakes and pickles, that it is equally as insidious. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> not a question to be had. Also, notice that Skeeter is not sure how to react to all this until Judy makes a scene. Like, as Doug is talking about how he's pretty sure that, oh, no, this is going to be so embarrassing. And Skeeter is talking about, oh, come on, it won't be that bad. Then they do the whole well, musical nonsense. And Skeeter responds, yeah, okay, I see what you're talking about. But it's very funny because before that happens, Doug gets legitimately mad at Skeeter for just suggesting that it might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and Skeeter's like really reasonable in this. Yeah, right? yeah. It's like, like you never know. Like, yeah. But to be fair, be like one of the things I don't really get, and maybe this is just my broken brain, but like if your sister's being embarrassing, the easy way to play it off is to be like, oh yeah, she's a dumbass. Lol. Like I don't get like why you would get this nervous about your sister being like you know an art person. Uh, I could I could see it. Like, like if if especially you got to consider that Doug's like new at his school. Yeah. Right? This is still his first year there and it's uh he probably doesn't know a lot of the people there and this will be like Yeah, they'll just his, make fun their, of their phone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, kids make fun of people. Yeah, okay. I'm just thinking about this yeah. like as an adult, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah, not as an 11-year-old child right. and maybe a little bit as that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, as they sit down, Doug has an idea. He says, <laughs> I have to stop her for her own sake. Maybe I can get on her good side and use a little psychology. And he points at his one eyeball and like <laughs> cocks his eyebrow. And he's like, yeah, this is it. I can do it. I can use some psychology. I can use all yeah. of the phenomenal power of the 12 separate neurons in my brain that are not currently having anxiety attacks. Right. So so Doug is like, all right, I got this plan. And he goes up to Judy. And before he can even say anything, he says, hey, Judy. And she just fucking destroys him <laughs> and goes, yes, I'm playing. I'm being, I'm doing a performance at your school and there's nothing you can do about it. Like, eat a dick, bitch. And then, and then Doug goes, oh, okay. It's very, it's the height of irony that Doug tries to use psychology and nothing happens. <laughs> well, but he doesn't even try to use psychology. Well, he's, he immediately folds and <laughs> abandon his plan, right? He doesn't try to use any psychology. The idea is that if you're up against another hand, you fold. This is, you were dealt your cards and well, they're in the process of dealing cards and you folded before the second card got to you. Like, oh shit, I got a three. Never mind. <laughs> like, he must have assumed that Judy would put up resistance to this, right? He must have assumed that this would be a discussion. I guess not that he didn't. He'd go there, not that he'd go up to her and say, hey, have you considered not playing at my school? And she'd go, wow, and then not do it, right? Like, was that his plan? That's how his brain works. Yeah, well, yeah. Like, <laughs> if you tell a dog says, not to do something, he's like, maybe I shouldn't do that. He's like, a, sort of like true. a dog in that sense. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's true as an older sibling of done. two people who have gone on to become far more qualified than myself it does me good <laughs> to see proper training being maintained <laughs> man but so yeah so he immediately abandons this plan and he says I guess psychology doesn't work on older sisters <laughs> also Doug just, saying, I, Doug just saying I guess psychology doesn't work is also oh god I'm kissing my fingers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
<laughs> that's do you think that's uh Doug funny scientologist <laughs> wait why scientologist is that a thing with psychology yeah, scientologists hold that uh all psychology is evil and a scam to try to destroy you for reasons completely unrelated to the fact that psychologists have like tools to get people out of cults right and addiction things like yep. that oh shit wow okay well According to Doug, don't seek therapy for things that you could get therapy for very and like help yourself. That's correct. Anyway, just write down <laughs> things in your journal about how, gee, I'm sorry I had another anxiety attack. This is what, the fourth one this week? Again, helpful coping mechanism, thing that is positive. Uh, like if uh, I would suggest it, if, 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 uh, anyone listening is having like anxious thoughts, writing it down can help a lot, but then also talking to someone and seeking help can yeah. help. Psychology or, or doesn't work. That. I advise not taking that advice or indeed any advice from Doug funny. <laughs> right. Okay. So Doug gets back to Skeeter at the booth, <laughs> sitting next to each other, holding hands and Skeeter says, I know what to do. I have an idea. Oh and we, no! Oh no! And, and he has an idea in ominous, McDonald's. <laughs> and from this ominous statement, we jump cut to Judy. Well, st- wait, what? Go on. Well, he's whispering his idea, right? Sure, for, for no sure. reason. <laughs> right? Like these, they're the only people at the table in a crowd at McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as he's whispering this, we jump cut. To Judy in her room, staring at a mirror, screaming, I hate you! I hate you! I hate you! I hate you! Hello? I mean, same. (laughs) It's good to see the narcissistic- It's very relatable. Yeah, the narcissistic self-loathing runs in the family, I guess. She can- She's figured out a way to express it that isn't like- anxiety yeah she's figured out a way to externalize some of her feelings which i mean good on her fine very good on her she's supposed to be the wacky one i think she's the most well-adjusted out of any character on the show oh definitely she like has statements that matter and like has (laughs) rational thought agency (laughs) and and like reacts to most things like a human would at least what we've seen so far like when was doug when doug was going through her dresser in a previous episode and was like don't do it no fuck off (laughs) brother right but so i guess this is why psychology doesn't work on older sisters she's already full (laughs) up yeah (laughs) she already got this on lock at her school at her special school for theater people so just so you're aware and to add to the there's some shit going on with Skeeter's side of this. Skeeter's big idea that he whispered to Doug in the middle of a crowded McDonald's was pretend to be a famous producer and tell her she's been hired to do a thing. Yeah. No. no not, not even not, not even, even that good. Not even that. <laughs> not even that she's been hired, just that she shouldn't do this performance at an elementary school. Like no uh, no reason why. Yeah. Just like you shouldn't do it. Skeeter's gotten a lot of people to drop everything and come to an undisclosed location with promises of vast material rewards. I- he even uses his producer name that I assume he's used in the past in his secret dealings, JB Hunkamunka. Yep. <laughs> So what's also funny about this scene, again, this is nitpicking, but it's very funny to me because it's 1991 and everybody has a landline and Doug calls Judy from his family's landline in the living room. (laughs) 
<laughs> right. I, I assume just, that this is like which is impossible unless they have two landlines, which would be very funny. Yes. Well, I, at the time, there was like very, very like a, a very cool thing for like someone in high school to have would number. be to have their own phone number. True, right? True. Like their own landline. But so this is. Yeah, this it's, is this tracks with like historical perspective. It's very funny though that he makes this grand plan and doesn't even think to like do it at Skeeter's house. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. So, uh, for reference, dear reader, what is what is happening right now is as Judy is screaming, "I hate you!" She gets a phone call, and on the other line of this phone call is Doug and Skeeter pretending to be a famous producer, JD Hunkamunka. Uh, and telling Judy that she shouldn't do that performance at the elementary school because it wouldn't be good for her. And Doug gets immediately caught because, as Sam stated, he's doing it in his house as opposed to Skeeter's house. Uh, And Judy comes up behind him and is just like, oh, yeah, uh, that sounds like a good plan, Mr. Hunkamunka. Long line on that uh, landline, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> right and uh she's like saying it behind him it's like not coming from the phone anymore uh-huh. she like snuck up behind him to like own his ass and doug like doug's just like oh i guess you know she she can talk through the phone from another angle whatever <laughs> uh it's like a little slapstick comedy hit and so she totally is just like yeah uh i'm doing the performance fuck off doug why can't you dig it we have a title Woo! Uh, everybody go crazy <laughs> crazy arm <laughs> Right. She says, Doug, why can't you dig it? This is exactly why you need me to perform at your school. All right. And it doesn't offer any context. Yeah, they're, they're, we're going right back into the Doug writing there because we had a character that seemed very sensible and then she says something like that with no explanation. <laughs> no, it's just like, Doug, you need to stop being anxious. <laughs> well, no, it's even that, uh, like, this will solve your anxiety, Doug. <laughs> Or maybe it's that seeing her perform theater will help him be a better fake producer. <laughs> like, understand how to trick people. Yeah, you need to understand that show business is a career of lies and hatred and constant anxiety, screaming at yourself in the mirror over perceived and uh, actual hatreds. So, yeah, look but, forward to that. This is again, This is exactly the point where the writing of this episode just, like, dive bombs because there's a series of just like incomprehensible decisions after this yes well but again in this this is another so there's been a couple of theme in doug episodes so far which i need to note this is an episode that it is not directly caused by roger right? yes. This is the first one we had so far that where the entire conflict of it is not directly caused by roger um but this is another episode where the problem could have been solved by a quick conversation between people who care about each other ostensibly, right? <laughs> ostensibly. <laughs> or honestly, like, just by telling Doug this was going to happen at any point before, you know, today. Right. Like, did, and not fucking surprise him with this. Like, someone, your your brother, who you know has social anxiety, and you're doing something that, like, not to, like, put Judy down too much, because this probably wasn't really her doing. This was probably, like, someone at her school was like, oh, you got to perform here, and we'll handle the rest, and she just, like, didn't take it upon herself to talk to Doug. Like, that's fine. But what I'm saying is, like, she could just sit down with him and be like, here's what's going to happen. It'll be okay. People people have reacted well to this in the past, and I think your school will like it, right? I think people will respect you for doing this, right? It's a, it's yeah. a quick conversation, but uh, we have to, yeah, I guess that would 
prevent him from freaking out about it. Yeah, well, he'd probably still freak out. Stop this episode from happening. Yeah, (laughs) which is a frequent problem. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Oh man. But uh, Doug says every time that Judy has performed something, it's been a disaster. Uh, And he said he remembered the last time that Judy and him performed together, I guess, like they were in Mm. the same play and it was for the dental hygiene play, which I assume is for school or he remembers he remembers the dental hygiene play. He doesn't just describe it. (laughs) (laughs) He remembers it. This like happens in his head. He's like having a recall of dental hygiene play. uh, Actually, wait, this is the first time we've actually seen Doug going not to his imagination zone for something that might go wrong in the future. This is something that did go wrong in the past. Right. This is, and and for the record, it did go wrong. Yeah. Right. Like he's right in this. It also uh, is a thing that, that his like, memories- just to give the very brief rundown of it. Okay. There's a bunch of people in tooth costumes on a very weird giant mouth that somebody who's a set designer who had way too much time on his hands put together for what is clearly an elementary school event. And Judy is the plaque monster. And then in swings Doug, who is what? Toothpaste? Yeah, no, he's a toothbrush with a cape on. Which I gotta say, he swings in on ropes. So Doug is they like do rope doing tricks. The, they're in elementary they're doing, school. They're, they're doing the Spider-Man yeah, musical the, shit yeah. that like killed a bunch someone. of actors. <laughs> yeah, like killed a bunch of actors. It's like what is the, what is the body count of this elementary <laughs> school? And, right. So yeah, and he gets annoyed because uh, like his line is like, and so I defeat the plaque monster. But Judy now is uh, plaque is gone. But Judy is milking her death scene. Just keeps it. Plaque is gone. Plaque is gone. And just keeps on staying there. And I have well, to point no. out at this point that it is utterly fucking insane. And no teacher would ever be this stupid as to cast a five-year-old to be the protagonist when a seven-year-old who is his older sister is the antagonist. No part of this makes any goddamn sense. Judy! You're supposed to be dead! Come back here! Right, definitely. Uh, But also, it's not that she's just milking her death scene. It's that after she milks her death scene, she gets up and chases Doug around the set and, like, totally breaks the set and, like, ties up a bunch of other kids in this rope. So, like, he's right. Like, she is, like, ruining the play and possibly endangering people's lives, right? Because the whole set crashes down on everyone. Um, So this, like... Could be a genuine concern. Yeah. yeah. Doug says this play just about killed me, which is literally true. Yeah. <laughs> literally true I don't in think, multiple respects. Yeah. I don't think it was Judy who almost killed you there, Doug. Right. It was the set designer <laughs> and the person who decided, decided that we wanted to do acrobatics. <laughs> wanted to do Spider Man the musical as an. In yeah, a now, Doug, we're going to tie you up and then chuck you at your sister. <laughs> don't worry about it. And that's not the thing that he got anxious about. You think that that would freak Yeah, him seriously. <laughs> and, and uh, hang on. This is another instance of Doug not having stage fright, right? Yeah. Like he's doing a play and he's he memorized these lines. He seemed proud of himself when he was doing it and he was taking on the most dangerous role. Uh, so he's not afraid of being in the spotlight. It, in fact, I think he almost craves it, right? Malignant. 
narcissism. <laughs> right. He, I, I think he craves it, but he, maybe he feels that he doesn't deserve it, or like he's afraid that he doesn't. He'll screw it up. He feels he deserves know, it. I think he's afraid that he'll screw it up. Yeah, because a lot of his fantasies are him in the spotlight doing well, and then something bad happens. Yes. yes. So I, I think that tracks a bit. But yeah, so there he is, uh, and, and he has this fantasy. Uh, and now I think we just cut to the school, right? We cut to it about to happen. Uh huh. Um, and also, says, sorry, sorry, sorry. Really quick, please, yep. the story structure. This is what I'm talking about with the story structure because this like little aside about the teeth that belongs like near the beginning, yeah, where you can like establish this instead of like right right before the ending's about to happen. <laughs> right, we established that there might actually be a legitimate concern to this, right. rather than uh, him just assuming there's and then and then just because she's a theater person, it might be bad. Yes, right? yeah, that's true. Uh, Gets worse yeah, from here, so- folks. Yep. <laughs> Wait, Roger has the utterly inexplicable line at school the next day. I can't believe you're going to go through with this. Why? What about this is not to be believed that it can be gone through? Why would this be Doug's funeral? Like, I can't believe that you're going through with allowing your sister to do a presentation. Who well, gives I, I a rat's with, ass? I think it's doing the introduction, right? And it's through that same whole thing of uh, now everyone at the school will remember you as the kid who introduced his wild sister or something. Yeah, uh, I repeat says. my previous statements. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> but, yeah, just say, says, this is my sister. Okay, bye. <laughs> yeah. No, he's got to do his stand-up routine, right? Uh, but he says, I couldn't think of one excuse to get me out of it and then he proceeds to not do it. Yeah. Right? I couldn't think of He's any excuse. in the halls of just, the school. Okay. I could just walk to the left, though. Oh, yeah. So, and, like, this is, like, even stupid for Doug. He goes, boy, I could use a little fresh air. And then there's a door labeled <laughs> stage. And he goes, With oh, a- oh, I think it's this way. With a red light above it, saying that stuff's going on. Yeah, I need to get. Just, I think this is the way I out. I need to go and think about these things for a little bit, far away from the stage that's terrifying me. Stoggy. Yeah, and, yeah that sounds like and, the place I should go. And while this is going on, Judy's been in the back. Uh, and this is a time when we're like cutting to not directly from Doug's perspective. We're cutting to Judy's perspective, where. Uh, She's telling uh, Mrs. Wingo and Mr. Bone that she really wants Doug to introduce her, that, like, she can't go on without Doug. Uh, like, this was really important to her. They, go, and they cut back and forth between this and Doug being indecisive, like, three or four times. Like, I get they're trying to build tension, but one, it's being built very poorly. Two, it's just... It feels like extremely weird padding that they can't find a better way to build tension by just restating the stakes over and over again. Well, well, the first I thing I kind of liked it. The first I kind of liked it here is that if Doug had just like known how to leave his school, he would have just <laughs> ditched his ditched his sister. So, like he like, planned to. The, yeah. the, the driving factor here is that Doug gets lost in his own school. <laughs> On a labeled door. Yeah. Doug can't read. <laughs> Doug doesn't know how to, like, leave the building. <laughs> and that also says something to school design, that the emergency exits are marked so poorly that someone in a fire would, like, go to the stage instead of... Just Doug. Outside. Doug would just walk right into the flames, being reborn. 
Uh, so also, sure. like during during this like part where they just shift perspective between Mr. Bone, Mrs. Wingo, and uh, Judy, between that and Doug, Doug's like ten feet away. Right, Doug is standing like directly behind them, and people are like looking. Where's at him. Doug? And they're like, "Where's well, Doug?" Well, we Where's can't find him. Let's get this show on the road. And Doug's like right, right there. Yeah, and like and even also, as a child, I could be like, "Okay, hey, come on." Yeah, and also like they're his teachers, right? They should have an account. They should know where he is. Yeah. Also, like Judy is staring directly at him. <laughs> This whole time. Right. She's not written as staring directly at him the whole time, but courtesy of the way they writ- wrote the blocking, she's staring directly at him while she's saying that, no, I need Doug to introduce me. And Mrs. Wingo reacts like Judy just told her to go fuck herself. Just like a look of blank shock. And then then they cut to the audience, and the audience is laughing like a goddamn nuthouse. Just like nothing. <laughs> The audience is also, like, rioting. They're, like, <laughs> after, like, literally two minutes, they're, like, we want a show. <laughs> Entertain <laughs> us. They are fucking ballistic rioting Which after is- sitting in an auditorium, not after getting out of class, like, in an auditorium for fucking two minutes. Which, I'll be fair, right? it is an elementary school that tracks. Fair, fair. Uh, but the, when you say that Mrs. Wingo, like, looked at Judy in shock, it was because... So, Mrs. Wingo is a like a general studies elementary school teacher. Like she teaches, I assume she teaches all the subjects yes. um, to her her class. Um, and Judy says that the reason she wants Doug to introduce her is because Shakespeare did his first first performance for his younger brother, and then says, "Did you know that?" And the teacher just goes, oh, "What? <laughs> really? What? <laughs> Wrong." <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I, I tried to look this up. Like, no, very <laughs> no. Incredibly no. I don't, I don't think so either. Uh, but, I mean, maybe it's true, but Mrs. Wingo sure doesn't think it's true. Mrs. Wingo is wondering, wait, why am I in charge of wrangling this kid? I have literally nothing to do with her. <laughs> right. Other than ostensibly being Doug's handler, which she fucked up. Yeah, Doug seriously. Because Doug's in her class. Oh man. Um but yeah, so yeah. they're just the Doug is Wingo and Bone. Yeah. Doug is sweating bullets throughout this entire sequence and I have to ask, did an earlier draft of the script was Doug supposed to have stage fright? Because if Doug has stage fright, this actually makes some sense. But we've established that no, actually he kind of likes it. He likes being on stage. That little hog loves it. Yeah. <laughs> and, but now he's just looking out like, "Oh no." people looking at me wanting to be entertained by the things i'm saying i wasn't fantasizing about this earlier in the episode <laughs> right and 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 this whole time uh wingo and bone are just like well fuck it i guess he's dead we gotta go on with the show <laughs> and then mr right? bone like, is like shoving judy out and on stage yes just like literally incredibly aggro yeah like judy judy is leaning backwards as bone and like struggling as bone is like pushing her out to just be like you gotta fucking do this <laughs> who cares about tug that little wee you're gonna make me look bad in front of butt savage little girl Right, you must entertain the class. Right, so it, it's a really wild dramatic, or uh, sorry, a wild uh, dramatic dynamic. But so, so in this time, also, Judy's not saying like she's changed her story a little bit. She's not saying 
I want Doug to introduce me. She's saying she wants Doug to see it. Yeah. Right? She's saying that this is important that Doug sees this performance. And then you must um, be witness to the great becoming, Doug. Right. Uh but so so in this, Doug like has a moment of just like, oh, I gotta do it. And he says, Wait, I'm here. Right? To people who and could see feel him it. the whole goddamn time. Yeah. They're just like, oh, uh, oh, oh I recognize you. <laughs> They're just like, oh, shit, he's actually here. We tried to play it off like he was. <laughs> we didn't want him to do this shit. He's going to fuck it up. <laughs> Bones just like, this was my chance to be in the spotlight, and you ruined it, Doug. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Doug does it. He steps out onto the stage, and he goes... I'm here to introduce someone who I've known my whole life and most of hers, and she's important to me, and here's performance artist Judy Funny. And uh, everyone claps, and then Doug leaves, just books it. (laughs) Doug goes outside. Yeah, Judy says, I want him to see this, and he's like, no, fuck that. I can can (laughs) wait outside and pace. So one one thing I want to comment here is that this is like a stupid writing trick when you want to show like a narrative inside a narrative. It's best to just reference it. Yeah. But my actual theory here is the writers didn't know how to write something that would entertain children. Like that, they don't know what kind. Yeah, of they can't. They couldn't write something entertaining, so they're just like, ah, they'll just say it's entertaining. <laughs> this is not the greatest song in the world. This is just a tribute. Right. I'm fucking. I'm just fucking hitting that fucking '90s show right in the ass. Oh, get him. <laughs> anyway, oh, as the children come storming out, one of them saying, "I laughed, I cried, I got dizzy, I cried." It's not clear what the next thing he says yeah. is. I didn't know it was class, is what I what I heard. He also looked incredibly <laughs> like Griffin McElroy. Yeah, yeah, this is how he got his start. <laughs> he was the voice. He was the he was an animator for Doug right? as a tiny <laughs> baby. Dark, his dark past. I also just like since they loved it so much, I imagine just like Judy pulling down a projector and like playing like a movie or Home Improvement or something, <laughs> <laughs> and then ending it with the Doug loves bad. Right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's just, that was this actually is the, the best script. thing. <laughs> but uh, so everyone busts out. Everyone's like trampling their way out because they loved it so much. They're also like cheering at the end of this. Yeah, they're just going uh, hog wild for this shit. Hell yeah, performance <laughs> art. it up. Uh, and Roger comes out too and he goes, hey, you know what I thought of it? I loved it because it got me out of a math test. So does that mean that like they canceled the test? Like not only not only that like they delayed the test, but he said I completely got out of a math test. So I guess this just all like must be further note of American education. The art program. He says he says, "Hey, funny, want to know what I thought of that show?" And the real answer here is no, Roger. I don't. <laughs> I don't actually care, Roger. Right. Like Roger, Roger when like, has Doug anything did, you've thought helped? Doug me? didn't even see the play, so he has no like way to judge what Roger's opinion of it is. <laughs> I thought the part where she said yeah. that somebody else killed JFK was a little weird, but. <laughs> Man. But yeah, so Doug is like, all right, wow. And he goes back in and Judy's getting her picture taken for the newspaper. Uh, and she brings him up on stage and says, yeah, like, let's take this picture together. So I guess she doesn't care that Doug skipped it, right? <laughs> or no, she doesn't know. No, like, yeah. Maybe she's like, I Doug guess, and there. just didn't tell her. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks. That's, I, man, she probably like thinks that Doug saw the show. Yeah, Doug's and, like, a is, worm. Like, yep, right. He just doesn't want to tell her. She's a worm. <laughs> kind of shitty, man. But yeah, I mean, 
And then it, can we get a picture for the daily honker? Says a guy with gigantic fish lips who's animated in a way that makes me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's a very uh, upsetting person. He's just a, he's just a background. I don't think that character ever gets a name, but he's in the background a lot. He's he's always like the photographer. Yeah, and, like who's, whatever like voyeuristic stuff. Yeah. <laughs> also, he's the photographer, the daily honker, which again names that aged well. Uh, so we. So we cut back to Doug writing in his journal, and he says, So I guess it turned out all right. I didn't need to have a nervous breakdown after all. Or he like, I did, I not that, like, I didn't need to do it. Good right, job, so, but Doug. But he did do it. Good job. He did do it. Uh-huh. Uh, and also he said that he didn't write in his journal in previous days because he was busy having a nervous breakdown, right? So... Is he saying that like he shouldn't have done it, or is he saying in this is he saying that he didn't? Need to do it? Who I don't knows? Know. <laughs> I, again, psychology does not work brain. on Doug Funny. Right. Regardless, he did. Right. He had a nervous breakdown, like always. Doug actually did. Dug it. <laughs> yes. Doug it. Dig Doug. Dug it. Doug Fuck dig Doug. <laughs> but wait, no, he didn't dig it. Doug didn't dig shit. Doug saw nothing. Doug refused to even acknowledge it existed, let alone that it could be Doug. <laughs> right. He even, all he did was he did a performance himself, right? Is, Honestly, this is just very selfish. Very nice. Because he's writing about, yeah, he's writing, he's, he's writing about how everything's okay because he did his performance. I blew yeah, off my older sister and, uh, good for me. There's a great, but there's a crackpot psychological theory that anxiety is just displaced narcissism, which I didn't believe until like I started watching this show again. I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I get it, I get it. <laughs> I can see how someone would. Come I get to where that you're conclusion. coming from. Oh, <laughs> uh, I I don't know if I buy that. I don't either. <laughs> I can but see what like, you're if saying nothing else, Jim me. Jenkins appeared to buy into it, hook, line, and fucking sinker. <laughs> Man, like I said, it's a crackpot theory. Definitely. Yeah. So he says. I think Judy is quite, pause, good? Nah. <laughs> like, annoying, right? Like, <laughs> quite like sisterly, she, and then she bursts in. Right, she bursts in and does the, like, uh... It uh, is chasing Porkchop with her wooden sword and trying to hit him. And, and he says that she's quite annoying. It's cute when siblings share the same stress reaction, taking it out on Porkchop. <laughs> the, the oh, most intelligent character. character in the show the only one with empathy yeah <laughs> the one character who they can like truly speak their minds to yeah to me though he can't speak back to me though it's very funny that like this mattered so much to judy while at the same time she just being absolutely a dick to doug about it oh yeah like because right. she's just like, I need Doug to do this. But she's also like, you can't get out of this, you little fucker. <laughs> yes. This is, I'd say, poor dynamics. Right. She you're going to eat shit on stage and I'm going to love it. Yeah, I want you to lead in for me because I know you're going to fuck it up. And it's going to make me look <laughs> But better. you have to do it or I'm going to get sad. Yeah, like this is <laughs> weird relationship shit. I mean, at least she like thanks him after. Yeah. It, right. She yeah, thanks. thanks for Thank you for that thing you didn't do, Doug. <laughs> Thanks for watching it, Doug. I really appreciate it. The moral, yeah. This, I, this. You mentioned that the whole deal with this is that every one of these episodes is supposed to have a moral. What the fuck was the moral of this supposed to be? 
I think what it was supposed to be is very different from what it was, which is also very common and very yeah. dark. I think, yeah, I think what it was supposed to be is to like trust your siblings, right? Like to know that they won't be embarrassing just for embarrassing sake and that things will be okay. But I think what Mike it- Mike is lying. I definitely do that on a regular basis. You don't get off that easy. Anyway, the rest of you, don't worry. He's right. <laughs> but- uh, I, I think what it's actually saying is something very different. I think it's that uh, if you just avoid it, it'll be okay, right? Yeah. Or if if you do exactly as instructed, and then just avoid don't do sources of stress, just exist in blissful ignorance. Don't ever engage and with anything that makes you uncomfortable. Just stay exactly the way you are in perfect eternal stasis. <laughs> The one- and don't communicate with your... <laughs> yeah, don't communicate. Communication's bad. <laughs> what I learned from this episode is that the door marked stage will lead you outside. <laughs> <laughs> and that clearly marked exits are a sign of good building safety, especially in an elementary school. <laughs> also, if you want to go outside, don't go into the room with the big fucking red light over. <laughs> that says stage. <laughs> And we also, it's also important to recognize that evidently 11-year-old children are completely invisible when you're staring right at them until they move. So just be aware that if an, ele- <laughs> Predatory yeah, if an 11-year-old ever stops moving, they become invisible. So be alert, an 11-year-old could be watching you right now. Constant vigilance <gasps> is necessary. Okay, so do we have any other? That was pretty good closing thoughts. You guys have anything else? Nope. Uh, hail Satan. Hail Satan. <laughs> I'm just thankful for an episode that wasn't completely Roger inspired and <laughs> just Roger quickly, enhanced. Right, just Roger, Roger enhanced, as yes. a sideline, and and we will quickly go back to so the status quo will Roger return focus. next time Dad. on the Funny Papers. Daddy Roger oh, will come back. <laughs> oh, until then, we'll see you next time. See ya, boy.